Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast is about keeping yourself together during a funky, awkward, and transitional time, especially when it comes to interacting with and relating to other people. Today, I'm interviewing Gwen Moran, who writes and speaks about the intersection of workplace issues and life. Gwen is a regular contributor to Fast Company, Inc., and many other outlets, where she's been writing extensively about re-emergence from the pandemic and what that means for all of us. Gwen is also the creator of BloomAnywhere.com, which helps people figure out how to bloom where they're planted. I'm excited to talk to Gwen today about how to navigate the new normal with your coworkers and clients and with the folks you've been sharing your home office with these past 15 months. Gwen, it is so great to have you here. Hi, Kate. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Love it. So you interview a ton of experts and real people about the realities of work. What are folks talking about or worried about at this particular time when offices are starting to open back up and the realities that we had adjusted to finally during lockdown are starting to shift? Yeah, so there are quite a few things. I think that no one expects that we're going to go back to the way that we did things in 2019 and early 2020. You know, there is an expectation among most people that work is going to change. The stressful part is that we don't know exactly how. (laughs) So Mm. when you go back and face your coworkers, what is that going to look like? What sorts of safety measures are employers taking to ensure that people come back and aren't, you know, aren't exposed to the virus or have other issues? you know, how will we interact? I've talked to a number of people who've admitted to me and, uh, you know, I'll admit myself that a year and a half in isolation or mostly isolation with just a few people makes us a little socially awkward, you (laughs) know? Um, So how am I going to interact with people on a daily basis? And then just the day-to-day things, like I haven't commuted for a year and a half. How am I going to navigate that bus or train both from a physical standpoint, uh, have have the routes changed, has the schedule changed, but also from a psychological standpoint. So how am I going to face down that train with all of those people on it? Or, you know, how am I going to spend an hour or two hours or or more every day commuting when I've been able to use that time to be with my family. So, you know, there are, this is a 
a multi-layered, very complex issue. And it's something that we're going to need to address in order to get people back in back in the office, either full or part-time. So during the pandemic, we got really real with our coworkers because we could see into each other's homes and we could hear the dog barking or the kid whining or whatever. We could see the pile of laundry. <laughs> you know, it was kind of vulnerable. It was kind of awkward. But it also helped dissolve this line between work and home and reminded us that we're all real people. How do we keep this increased humanity and transparency going or, or do we even want to? Yeah. I think of it sort of like when you start an healthy, a healthy eating program, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you know, the first week you're doing great. You're eating all those salads and mm-hmm. then you hit a stressful week at, week at work. And then all of a sudden the fast food is calling or the chocolate bar that is still in your pantry is calling your name. And, you know, you, you kind of dive back into those old habits that are comfortable. We have an opportunity now to take forward some very important things that happened during the pandemic and changes to the way that we work and we interact. And we don't want to lose that opportunity and fall into the same old habit. I think everyone has had a pet or a child kind of interject themselves into an important Zoom call. (laughs) And those moments are funny, right? I mean, uh, just yesterday, I was doing a Zoom with with someone. And, you know, this was a, a very important call. And my cat, jumped up on the back of my chair because I had forgotten to shut my door. And, you know, what had been a very intense moment suddenly became a a moment of shared laughter because, you know, my cat is 14 and there's no telling him what to do. (laughs) And they happen to love cats. So, you know, Mm. let's take forward that humanity. And, You know, I think we also, during the pandemic, especially workplace leaders, suddenly were forced to put humans at the center of their decision making. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you had this workforce that was suddenly transitioned to home. You didn't have control over what they did in in their offices. So suddenly workplaces had to be truly supportive of people and the challenges that they were facing, the grief that they were feeling, the fear that they were feeling, and get them, support them in ways that made them okay so that they could come to work. Imagine if we made that a priority always and what would be possible with our teams and our interpersonal relationships if we put the the person first and shared our vulnerability and and what we're actually thinking so that we could get the support that we need. I mean, it sounds a little Pollyanna-ish, but we have to remember that it actually happened over the past year and that's how we operated. So, how can we how can we take those good practices and those human-centered practices and move them forward into whatever the new normal is? I mean, amen. You know, that's one of the things I've been thinking about since the pandemic. And I work for myself, so I have no boss to blame but but me. (laughs) But just, you know, we put work and productivity so front and center. And it really became clear that that focus on humanity was missing. So this isn't a question that I asked you to prepare for. But I'm just curious, like, what, what can... Is there, are there things we can do, we, the employees, or maybe the entrepreneurs or the business owners, so that we carry that with us? Or like, what, what do we keep our eye on? Or just how do we do it? Because if we don't 
try, I feel like we'll just, we will slowly get back to, you know, chasing deadlines. Yeah, exactly. So I think there are a few things. First, I think there is an enormous amount of peer pressure right now on employers to keep some of those practices, to allow employees to have more flexibility in when they work and how they work, to be more outcomes focused and uh, and less process focused which I think is a good business practice anyway, and probably a good life practice. I think that we are coming out of an era where transparency was at its peak. Employers had to share what the game plan was, how they were operating, how they were going to address problems that employees were facing. Let's keep up the communication. Let's not lose that. Let's keep the transparency and keep voicing what needs are as employees and as employers. This dialogue is really valuable. And we've seen productivity go up during the pandemic. That's partially been because of when you're not commuting, you you put in a little more desk time. But at the same time, people have been able to make their life and their work fit together. And they've been blended. So if you needed to take a couple of hours to help your child with schoolwork during the course of the day, then that's what you did. And then you came back to your work later. And we've seen satisfaction levels in a lot of ways go up. And then I think we also need to trust what we showed ourselves over the past year and a half is that we have an enormous capability to solve problems and meet challenges. And that's at the micro level from, you know, suddenly you're working from home and your own, your, your own IT department to the macro level where we developed vaccines in, you know, in, in an enormously compressed amount of time. So, we need to trust our ability to problem solve and and to make things right. I think we should come out of the pandemic with an enhanced sense of confidence in what humans are capable of and distill that down into what we personally are capable of and how we can create change both in our lives and on a much bigger level. Mm. So as where we're doing our work is in flux. We were at home and we kind of acclimated to that. Now some offices are opening back up, some are going hybrid. How can we stay connected to our coworkers? I've heard that that's kind of a, that's been one of the challenges, right? To keep this kind of team mentality or this sense of, yes, I actually do have colleagues, even though I'm home alone. And so how do we keep that going as the landscape is continuing to shift? Yeah, so I think there are a few ways. I think we have to be more intentional about it when we're not in the same workspace. But, you know, I kind of laugh, Kate, because I hear in the during the course of my day when I'm interviewing people about how some are excited to go back to the workplace because they miss the water cooler conversations. Mm-hmm. In a lot of places, that's not going to be a thing anymore. The water mm-hmm. coolers are gone. Shared food is gone gathering around anything is gone without social distancing. So, you know, this is where I think that we're we're going to have sort of a, a conflict between what our expectations are of going back to the workplace and what the reality is going to be. Mm -hmm. But 
one thing that I think we all can agree on is that it's going to be hybrid. So, you know, you are always going to have those remote workers. You are going to have some folks who do return to the office and being intentional about keeping everyone engaged is going to be critically important. I have a client that I participate in their all hands meeting on occasion. And the way that this used to work was I would call in and I would sit on a horrible connection to a speakerphone in the middle of the table. I couldn't hear anyone. I couldn't see anybody's expressions. And I would just sort of wait until they shouted out my name if they needed something from me. And then the call would end an hour later. Well, now we do Zoom calls and we're face to face. And my daughter has migrated into my office and they've all met her. And our our connection is so much more human. So I think we're going to need to use the technology that we have intentionally to keep those connections. I talked to a guy who I think had a brilliant idea for keeping in touch with people. When he is uh, finds himself with some free time, he pulls out his phone, he picks a letter, and then he randomly dials one of his contacts. Like he'll just pick the fourth person on the list (laughs) and give them a call just to say hi or shoot them a text just to keep in touch. You know, uh, not everyone likes to receive unexpected phone calls, but at the (laughs) same time, if you think about that, you know, just take a moment every once in a while um, and go through your list of people, go through your Facebook contacts and, and, and do more than just connect electronically, you know, schedule a, time to have a virtual coffee, which seems trite, but it's actually really fun. Or uh, schedule a time to have a quick phone chat. And just, you know, keep those, keep that human connection, even when you're remote. That's really great advice. I mean, I think that's one of the benefits of having been without our network of people for a year and a half is that we, we understand their value now, I think just sort of intuitively. So I love that tip to make it concrete. And I would also just caution, give people a little space and a little grace during this time, because for some people, reentry has been really hard. I'm an off-the-charts extrovert, and Mm -hmm. I have always loved being around people. I am the original more the merrier person. And even now, when I'm going back out in the world, being around a lot of people for an extended period of time, it's a lot. It's exhausting. So if if you find that people are a little reluctant to, you know, make that plan for coffee or they still want to be remote for a while, keep in mind that we don't know what everyone has been through during this time. And it has been a traumatic time for many. So, you know, make those connections, but also be a little flexible in how you're how you're keeping them. Right. Don't take it personally. Maybe if not, everybody reacts like, oh, thank you for calling me. I'm so happy. Exactly. Or it doesn't, you know, isn't necessarily excited about meeting up for sushi, even though the restrictions have been dropped or, you know, has other reluctance. There's something else there and it's not you. Right. Gwen, for folks who want to hear more from you, follow your incredible work, where can they find you? A few places. Bloom Anywhere is my latest project where I am channeling uh, the years and years and years of research I've done in work 
work life and personal development to help other people. Our motto there is life is messy, thrive anyway. And I don't think that's been more true than the past year. <laughs> um, so certainly there and also at my website, whenmoran.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Gwen Moran. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 